If you have your Bibles today, and I hope you do, let's turn to Deuteronomy, the second chapter. The book of Deuteronomy, the second chapter. Now, I'm on a mission today. I'm on a mission to fulfill a thought that I've had that God gave me. And this, this is, uh, I came to y'all today with this word from the Lord in my spirit. And it's about change. You know, briefly last week, we, we talked a little bit about change. And we kind of established the folks, uh, or established the fact that a lot of folks don't like change because we get stuck in a routine. And when something upsets the apple cart, we don't like it. And so, uh, and I'm going to show you today why change is very important. And, you know, we're, we're, I feel like we're in a season of change, major change. I, I, I feel like we need a change. And a guy at Rockwood this morning, when I said, I feel like we need change, he said, good change. We do need good change. We don't need change for the worse. We've got enough of that going on right now. But I believe that God has sent me here today to tell you as a church family that change is coming. A major shift is going to be taking place. Now, the Word of the Lord as we're going to look at here in just a minute. God told me to talk about change and, and the reason that I want you to be prepared for when God makes a change is so that you can participate in it and cooperate with it. Folks, you can't stop change from happening around you. Things are changing all the time. You've got two options. You can either resist it or you can adjust to it. Now, when I say adjust to it, I'm talking about adjusting in a positive way, not a negative way. We've got enough negativity going on. So let's look at Deuteronomy, the second chapter, and we're going to read just a, a few verses here this evening. Are you all ready to go? Deuteronomy, the second chapter? Look in verse 1. Oh, this is going to be a sermon today where y'all get to participate. So y'all be ready to participate. You can't sit there like a bump on a pickle. You're going to have to be a part of this today to make this work. Now remember, we're, we're doing this live. We're doing this. You're, we're going to be in the, in, in the national archives here. You're, you're, you're going to get to be part of this podcast today. So be ready to go. Alright, Deuteronomy, the second chapter, verse 1 says, Then we turned and took our journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea, as the Lord spake unto me, and we compassed, that word compassed means circled around, Mount Seir many days. And the Lord spake unto me, saying, Ye have compassed this mountain long enough, turn ye northward. And command thou the people, saying, You are to pass through the coast of your brethren, the children of Esau, or the territory of your brethren, the children of Esau, which dwell in Seir. And they shall be afraid of you. Take ye good heed, or watch yourselves carefully unto yourselves therefore. 
Meddle not with them, for I will not give you of their land, no, not so much as a foot breadth, because I have given Mount Seir unto Esau for a possession. Ye shall buy meat of them for money, that ye may eat, and ye shall also buy water of them for money, that ye may drink. Now really pay attention to verse 7. I want you to look for four things in verse 7. For the Lord thy God hath blessed thee in all thy works of thy hands. He knoweth thy walking through the great wilderness. Or that word walking is going through the great wilderness. These forty years the Lord thy God hath been with thee. Thou hast lacked nothing. I want you to keep your Bibles open right there. We will... Uh, look at some other scripture here in just a second, but it's just a chapter or two over, so uh, you don't have to worry too much about uh, uh, putting a bookmark there. Okay, let me visit with you today about I feel the move of God. How many of y'all have ever heard that song, I feel like something good is about to happen? And it says, this may be the very day. The Word of the Lord suggests to us this evening that we have been in a particular place long enough. In other words, we've been in this life cycle, we've been in this lifestyle and this life situation long enough. Now, there's all sorts of things that that could cover. It may be a financial situation in your life. It may be in a relationship with a, a family member or an acquaintance or a friend. It may be in an emotional area in your life. It may be a physical situation where you're struggling with a health issue. It may be your spiritual life. In other words, your walk with God. It may be your experience with God. In other words, your ministry. It, 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 and God said, it's time for change. Now the first question that I want to ask you today, is anybody here ready for change? Are you ready for change? Let me ask you another question. Is anybody sick and tired of being sick and tired? Is anybody fed up with your present situation? Now don't be shaking your head no. I'm watching you. I'm watching your reactions. And you may be sitting there thinking, oh, I'm hunky-dory, peachy creamy. Everything is going just the way I want it to go in my life. I guarantee you you're struggling somewhere. You're struggling somewhere. I got another question. Is anybody ready to break that cycle? Now, are you ready to break the cycle of sickness? Are you ready to destroy the cycle of loneliness and depression? What I'm asking, is there anybody that's tired of going around and around with the same old problems all the time? In other words, you get like a dog chasing your tail. And that's kind of what we saw 
in our text for the day. It said these people were wondering and they were just going in a circle around Mount Seir. They were just like a dog chasing their tail. So if so, God told me to tell you that, that you have compassed this mountain long enough. Whatever troubling your spirit, whatever is troubling your soul, you have been there long enough and it's time to change. I want you to look at your neighbor and I want to say enough is enough. When y'all was raising y'all's kids, how many times did you say, enough is enough already? I got in an argument one time. I remember this like yesterday. It was an English teacher. And she was always correcting our grammar. And she made a statement one day. She said, you don't raise children. You rear children. She didn't much like my sarcasm. I said, yeah. I've been reared by my daddy a lot of times. Every time I've been over, he booted me right square in the rear. She didn't much like my sarcasm whatsoever. But we've all said that enough is enough. Now, I want you to tell the devil, I've had enough. Have you had enough? Are you tired of him troubling you? Because every once in a while, the devil is going to cause trouble. We all know that. He loves to cause trouble. And sometimes you just have to tell the devil to get out of the way and get behind you because you're going to line up with Jesus Christ. Because you've had enough. You've had enough of His hell in your life. You've had enough of, of, of His fear. His confusion. Enough of His discouragement. Lack. Lack of something. You know, maybe you've had enough of disappointment. Or rejection. Or betrayal. Maybe you've had enough of misery and pain. And enough shame. So somebody say, I'm ready for change. Are you meaning it? I don't know about you, but I'm ready for a turnaround. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I believe in my spirit today that somebody needs a turning around and you need it now. You need it today. Not, not, not tomorrow. Not the next day. You need it right now. You can't wait another minute. You can't wait another hour. Maybe you've been taking care of everybody else's problems. You've been seeing about everyone else's needs. You've been carrying people to the doctor when you need to make a doctor's appointment yourself because your, your body is, is worn out. Maybe you're here today and you're facing a situation that it just seems like it's going to be impossible to change. Why? Because it's out of your hands. Somebody here maybe is, is in some kind of battle. And you need God to move. You need God to turn that thing around. Maybe you are dealing with a custody case or know someone that's dealing with a custody case and they need the, the help of Jesus and they need it now so this thing can turn around, so this thing can change or it's going to fail. 
Now what we need to understand today in this particular text that we looked at is that God is having a conversation with His children, the Israelites. He has brought them out of Egyptian bondage and now they're out in the middle of nowhere walking around in a circle. And what He's saying, and you saw it in our text, He's saying, you've been circling that mountain long enough. You've seen it enough. Understand that this mountain that they were circling around is not where God wanted them to be. He had bigger plans for them. He had better plans for them. He had much more for them. But think about this. While they have been out there wandering around, God has provided for them. He's brought, given them shoes and clothing and, and food and, and everything basically they needed. And the problem was some of these people had got to the point where they were just satisfied. That they were content. Understand this, folks. They're wandering around out in the middle of nowhere. And they think everything is just fine. And that's my plea for us today. That we don't need to become satisfied. We don't need to become content. And when I say that, I'm talking about where we are. Why? Because God has much more for us to have and to enjoy. God wanted His people to move. And He wanted His people to move because these people had been wandering in that desert for 40 years. Out in the middle of nowhere. So what God did was God gave them a direction. He said, I've got something for y'all to do. I want y'all to turn. You've been walking around this mountain in a circle long enough and I want you to turn and I want you to turn northward. And and I think God wants us to turn today. I think God wants us to turn to some blessings today that He has for us, but the first thing is, we've got to turn. We've got to want change. In other words, if you're tired of the situation you're in, the circumstances you're in, you need to make that turn because that that land where God's children needed to go lay to the north, and so you've got to start going that way. What's the old adage? The longest journey begins with one small step. In other words, I'm telling you, you don't have to dwell in a wilderness anymore. You can start taking pleasure in the blessings that God has for you. Yeah, God provided for these people in the wilderness. He had. But the thing about it is, even though He provided for them, number one, this is not where He wanted them, and He had so much for them, uh, much more for them in the promised land. And God, I feel like, folks, God does not want us to stay where we are, but God wants us to move forward. He wants us to look up and expect blessings that, that are on our lives and in our lives every day. He wants us to joy. 
enjoy the riches of His grace and not just the waste of the land. Not only did He give them a directive, but He gave them a demand. He said, you're about to pass through a territory. Your brethren Esau, you're going to go through their land who live there in Seir. And he said, they're going to be afraid of you. Now just think, two million people come strolling through your neck of the woods. You're going to be a little bit uncomfortable. But he also told them, you be very careful. What he was saying is that God did not want His people to mingle with these people that were there, the descendants of Esau. Why? Because it was not in their best interest. That goes to tell us something, folks. You can't fool around with just anybody and everybody because you want to. Because there is some people that want to pull you down. There is some people that want to tear you down. And can I tell you, I'm tired of those people that, that, that have one body but two faces. They, they laugh and smile in your face, but then when you turn their back, your back, they try to tear you down. They try to pull you down however they possibly can. So God is telling us, be careful. Now look what He tells them in verse 6. He says, yeah, when you go through that territory, you can buy food from them. You pay them with money. You can buy water to drink. Pay them with money. But you remember, He's told them you be very careful of what you're doing. In other words, you can eat and drink, but then you need to move on. Don't be staying there. Don't dwell there. Why? Because they're bad news. So God gives them this command, this directive. And then He gave them a demand. And now He's given them a reminder. You notice what He says in verse 7. He says, The Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hands. In other words, He's watched over them. The whole time they've been wandering around out there through this desert. These 40 years, the Lord God had been with them. And and it says, you lacked nothing. How in the world can you wander around out in the middle of nowhere for 40 years and not lack a thing? We're going to talk about that in a minute. There's four things. Remember I told you in verse 7, there's four things that God gave them. The first thing that God gave them, they had God's favor upon their lives. That's the first thing. He blessed them, even though they were out in the middle of nowhere, He blessed them with more than they could contain. You know, I want you to think about something here. I've been telling you that people want to tear you down, want to pull you down. And I want you to think about this. When they try to pull you down and tear you down, 
And it has no effect on you whatsoever. And they wonder how in the world you're able to carry on. It's because you have God's favor on you. God is taking care of you. They talk about you, but it doesn't bother you. Why? Because you have God's favor. They laugh at you, but it doesn't bother you. Why? Because you have God's favor. They put you down to anybody and everybody they possibly can. But you have God's favor. Can you feel God's favor in your life today? Do you feel you have God's favor in your life today? So he reminded them of his favor. Then he reminded them of his wisdom. He knew all about them while they were walking around out there in the middle of nowhere. He knew that when they went out there walking around through this desert area that they were in, that they were going to find all sorts of dangerous situations. You know, God knew this wilderness was a very wild. It was a very uncultivated region. It, it was a desert that was uninhabited or it was inhabited by wild animals and those who act like wild animals. Kind of sounds like the world we live in today. Amen? But God knew this land was a wasteland. God knew that it was a desolate area with unchecked luxuries. So He reminded them of His wisdom. Next, He reminded them of His presence. You know, if you flip over to the book of Hebrews, and this is something you don't forget, you've got God's presence in your life. If you flip over there to about uh, Hebrews about 13, it says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Did anybody turn over there real quick? I should have turned over there real quick. But you're going to have a homework assignment anyway, so you can add this one to it. Don't just read that, that verse I think. What is it? Hebrews 13, 15 that says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Read the next verse too. But God was telling them that He had been with them all the time. In other words, it's just like God is with us all the time. It's just like when your best friend quits talking to you. Or when they stop calling you. Or when they unfriend you on social media. I don't know how you befriend somebody or unfriend somebody on social media. I don't do that Facebook thing. But... What I want you to understand, when people turn their back on you, you still have the presence of God in your life. Just like these people had the presence of God in, in their lives. So God will remind you of His presence. Elsewhere in the Bible it says, Lo, I am with you un, unto the end of the earth. Or, or something like that, until the end of the earth. So he's reminded them of his favor. He's reminded them of his wisdom. 
He's reminded them of His presence. And the fourth thing, He reminded them of His abundance. It says in our text, you lacked nothing. Been in the middle, middle of nowhere for 40 years, but you lacked nothing. He sent them bread to eat every day. He gave them water from a rock. He gave them meat for 40 years. So I want to ask you a question. Do you realize that you serve a God that is able? He is able all the way from Genesis through Revelation. We see that God has been able. Here's your homework assignment. If you ask Ezekiel, he would tell you God is able. Your your homework assignment is to read Ezekiel the 37th chapter. That's where Ezekiel has the vision of the dry bones. I want you to study that because it's important. But if you ask Ezekiel, he will say, yes, God is able because He can make dry bones live again. How about Job? You think Job knew that God was able? After everything that happened to him, he lost his family, he lost his livestock, everything he had, he lost. You remember his very own wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? Even his own wife didn't have faith in him. His three buddies came to help him, and all they did was add, add, add insult to injury. Nobody thought that Job was going to be able to make it through. But God had faith in him and God would help him weather the storm and not just weather it, but God brought him through that storm. And then what did God do? He blessed him with a whole lot more. That's abundance, folks. I feel something here today. I feel an anointing. I feel the move of God in this church. Are you ready for Him to move? Do you have confidence that He can move? Do you have confidence that He can bring about change? I feel like somebody's being freed in their spirit, in their mind right now. The Scripture tells us that God is going to do something fresh. God is going to do something new. But there's a condition. There is a requirement for receiving that new. And you know what it is? You have to move. You have to move. You've got to become uncomplacent with where you are and you've got to move. You've got to move forward in the Lord. So you need to tell yourself right now, I'm ready to move forward in the Lord. In order to move forward in the Lord though, you've got to get rid of some things. You may be a good thing. It may be a bad thing. It may be an ugly thing. But you've got to get rid of the good, the bad, the ugly to move forward. And it doesn't matter what somebody said about you. 
Don't let that bog you down. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they did say. It doesn't matter what they didn't say about you. You must move forward in the Lord. Why? Because God will give you your blessing. God will give you your breakthrough. God will give you that miracle that you need. Others can stand around and watch. Others can stand around and watch. They can make fun of you. They can criticize you. They can analyze you. They can say you're undignified. They can talk about you. They can put you down. But, What do we need to do? We need to keep our hands in the hands of the One who can give us favor, that can give us wisdom, that is with us in His presence all the time, and He can bless us through His abundance. In other words, I'm telling you today, you've been around this mountain long enough. You've been around it too many times. It's time to do what? It's time to move forward. It's just another way to say it's time for change. Do you feel the Lord pulling on you today? Do you feel the Lord stirring your spirit just a little bit today? Maybe you feel like the Lord is rerouting you right now. And telling you it's time to move forward. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you understand what I'm talking about? Are you ready for a change? Are you ready for that turnaround? Let's pray together. Lord God, we just thank You for the time that we've had today to spend in Your house, Father, to to spend in Your Word. Father, we just thank You for Your love, Your mercy, Your grace. All the blessings You bestow on us, Father. Father, it's time for change. It's time for something positive, something good. Prepare us, Father. Prepare us so we can participate. Prepare us so we can cooperate. Father, we just ask that You watch over us, You care for us, Father. That You forgive us each time we fail. Father, we just ask for Your guidance and direction. Help us be that light in a very dark world. Father, we we pray that You continue to protect us in this very challenging time that we live. Father, I ask that You be with the folks not with us today. I ask that You be with all the folks that we have on our prayer list. And I ask that You bless us with some rain that only You could provide. So Father, we just ask that as we leave this place today, You keep us safe. And that You bring us back at the next appointed hour. In Your Son's name we pray. Amen.